Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as precise as a poacher's finish from Paco Alcasa, fantasy advice as breathtaking as a use of Palsen Nutmeg and pundits who are both still yet to field a goalkeeper in the game this season. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Sorrogood. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 3, Episode 3. And joining me as ever, it's the Fantasy Fußball Got Flow. Flow, we are two match days into the season we've got some early patterns emerging here and there but what for you has been the biggest lesson to learn so far I think the the biggest lesson is that Levy is still the fantasy goat there were people doubting him after match day one but I mean they (laughs) he certainly uh, put them to their uh, place uh, on the second match day Jaden Sancho rocks and I prefer him over Royce right now and yeah you hinted at it Yannick Hood can't save a shot to save his life. I mean, what is he doing? Uh, I'm not sure he did pick up a single point for shot save, which meant he must have been less than two shots saved in every game he played so far. That's abysmal. But yeah, I hope that turns around with like he's doing 20 saves now at Wolfsburg because uh, I can't I can't do any transfers bringing in another goalkeeper. I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I just hope that now he like he saves all up for the next match. Well, yeah, like I don't want to save too much because I've also got some Wolfsburg players in my side, but I wouldn't mind him actually cut like any anything positive right now. A plus score is going to make me feel really good about Yannick Hoot, and I wish it would happen sooner rather than later. But yeah, I have to say the other thing was yeah, I did part of my Zayzon Spender before this season was goals that went through a goalkeeper's legs, and I have to say I didn't think one of those goals would be a volley from Yusuf Paulson from you know a good sixteen yards out. So yeah, an interesting turn of events. Now, quick question before we get really into the thick of the show, because it's something that's been mentioned by a couple of listeners online, but we've had it all three seasons of BL Fantasy. Can we expect an unlimited transfer window during the international break again? I, honestly, I have no clue, James. What? Uh, okay, how do you feel? Because I, I think it would be strange if they changed it now. I think we've gotten used to the fact it happens. Yeah, I, and so I would hope that it is going to happen. The one thing I would say against it is that by doing it we're going to see a lot more of people coming to the mean and like equaling out and making up for the early mistakes in the first couple of match days so I can see the sides that say yes and no although but the trend is there from like there are not many players who had two great match days so far so I when I was thinking about the players I could bring in for the next match day I still got a long list of players who I think are viable. So I don't think that changes after match day three. I don't think that all squads would uh, look the same if they do unlimited transfers. I I don't think, because we're not so far into the season, this could all be a blip. True. So uh, I'm I'm not that afraid of that I agree I, I haven't thought of uh, of it but uh, if you say so that we had one unlimited transfer window every season before that I think that would be reasonable but I haven't talked to anyone who's doing that decisions and um, I personally probably won't bank on it I mean, uh, I'm not sure if you even can. I mean, are there so many players that you now bring in that aren't viable uh, on the next match day? 
I'm not sure of that, so I, I can't give you odds uh, on how likely that is. No, no, I, I wasn't. I wasn't looking for you to give me odds or anything like that. But I did think that if anyone had heard, you would have. But I, it is one of those things. We'll see what happens. But I don't think when you've got three transfers, there's not really much you can do to bank on it. And it's not like we're going to suggest going crazy with some of the outside of the box picks this week. You know, it's just the way the lay of the land has been. In a, I'm pretty, and I'm pretty sure. It's been in all three seasons of the game that we've had an unlimited transfer window very early on in the season. And then one, of course, during the winter break as well. So we'll see what happens. Now, shout out of the week from match day two. That goes to Wolfson, who racked up a whopping 163 points with just two players scoring less than nine points, one of which was a dud goalkeeper. And so that's incredibly impressive. Second shout out goes to Haymarket Zekin, because as you guys know, he was the founder of the TFF Cup last season. There is some news on on that and let's be honest it's going to be a little bit better than last season but we will be giving you news on that much closer to the date it's not going to be until the second half of the season is the provisional plan right now to start it then again but we will give you more news on it closer to the date now i'm delighted to say yeah but oh go on james let me uh, shortly interrupt but the cup will start with the 18th match day and Haymarket Second said there's going to be a TFF Cup because uh, some guys uh, asked me uh, on Twitter it wasn't like our competition but we were very happy to take part in it so it's all Haymarket Second's work and he's putting a lot of thought in how he could improve it and uh, yeah we'll, we'll let you guys know what's going to happen but it's going to be amazing so everyone who did not enter or isn't already in the Talking Football League, that's the only league out there who has an own uh, cup competition. So it's quite worthwhile joining. Absolutely. A unique experience that we thoroughly enjoyed last season. Right now, moving on, I am delighted to say that we've actually got some listener questions to round out part one this time. And I also have to say we've got a lot of listener questions and we're going to try and get through them all. So I'm going to start with two that I'm going to cluster together here, Flo, because they are both about Eintracht Frankfurt. At Gaza85 asks, can we trust Bas Dost from the first minute? And at HafidFW asks, is Kostic the the best player from Frankfurt and what's the best recommendation in terms of a Frankfurt attacker? Pretty sure that Bastos will start right away because he isn't allowed to play in the Europa League. Uh, That match is actually uh, going on while we record and Frankfurt is 1-0 up so let's hope they pull through. But Bastos isn't eligible to play uh, in that match. Uh, Paciencia and Rebic are playing. Rebic has been sent off. I've actually just looked it up. (laughs) What happened? He got sent off in the 44th minute. Oh, that's smart of him. (laughs) Because they were actually talking about him not showing that he wants to stay. And I mean, how how could you more emphasize that you want to get away? Yeah, I think the message is clear there from Ravich. So yeah, we haven't seen the incident. Of course, I'm literally just looking at live. I'm looking at live score on my phone. Oh, I'm, I'm just looking. Yeah, I'm looking at the live comment. And that's basically saying it's is a much too hard Uh, decision. So he got after the ball and hit the the keeper instead. Okay. But not intentionally. Well, nevertheless. I take that back, what I I said about Rebic, but still, I think Bastos will will start. He had played a whole preseason with Sporting. I think he's ready to go. He might be the 
a layer replacement, not just for Frankfurt, but also in the fantasy game. He's priced at 11 million. Really sensible. I think the the guys who, who did that, they must be geniuses. So uh, I, I believe he's a great option for the next match day and the best in Frankfurt attack. Okay, see, there you go. Answering two questions in one whilst reacting to live football that's going on whilst we record. It's fantastic. Okay, moving on to the next question. At dude underscore KM81 says, given the next few weeks of fixtures, is Weghorst a solid buy? And I was looking at the fixtures. So after this weekend, they got Dusseldorf away, Hoffenheim at home, Mainz away, and Union at home. Yeah, so what, what are your thoughts on Weghorst? Amazing, yeah. And I, I think, uh, I mean, uh, I think he's, he's here to stay as a fantasy player and as a goal scorer in the Bundesliga. And that's what like, surprised me a bit. Because, yeah, but we talked about him. And I mean, you, you must know by now that I thought he, he wasn't the greatest striker there is. But he, he's, yeah, he's showing it out there uh, week after week. So I have, I have to come around on Vekos. I think that's a good thing. Probably the, the ideal front three would look Lewandowski, Alcasa, Wechost at the moment. Oh, that's, it's funny you say that, uh, Flo. Uh, that's that's my front line right now. <laughs> wow. And that was my front line last weekend. Yeah, I've somehow managed to fall into that. So I'm glad, I'm, I thank you very much uh, for the compliment there. But that, I mean, that's what happened. So yeah, that's why last week I ended up actually getting in the top 100 for like the first time in, I don't know how long, finished 73rd for the week. So I was actually, I was quite chuffed with that after a terrible match day one. Still didn't really put a dent in the overall lead though, if I'm being honest. That guy is way ahead. But I, I I'm definitely in the Vekos camp, I think, right now with the fixtures that are coming up. You just can't go wrong with him. Moving on, at Ignatius Bryan 1, he is asking about a must-have as well, Flo, but he wants to know about Jonathan Schmidt. What are your thoughts? Yeah, as long as, as Freiburg's fixtures stay on a good side, I think, uh, yeah, price, points-wise, uh, he's probably the best player out there right now. But that could actually change because I'm not sure when uh, it's going to start but uh, at some point Freiburg has to play a tougher competition but not for the next three match days because they're playing at home against Cologne then they're traveling to Hoffenheim I was very disappointed with their showing <laughs> although they <laughs> also managed to beat Bremen but that like that's not a, a tall task at the moment I'm afraid and then they're hosting Augsburg so the next three fixtures are Looking good for Freiburg and, and Schmid should definitely be in your team. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I was talking to our good friend Alex Chaffer before the season started and talking about how Schmid could be a hidden gem because I liked, as you say, his price point and everything about his potential, especially at the beginning of the season. And it'll be then a case of can he prove himself in tough fixtures that he can pick up points there as well. If he does, then he becomes somewhat irreplaceable, really, which is a good prospect. OK, let's talk about another right back because we've got a question from at C Tractors. He wants your thoughts thoughts flow on Michael Lang's move to Bremen from a fantasy perspective mm, I didn't like him at Gladbach and I probably won't ha like him at Bremen especially he's probably going to play on Sunday I think the only thing is we, we don't know where because Bremen doesn't have like they've got Friedel as their second center back but Friedel needs to play on as a left back which means that either Gebre Selassie or Lang will play centre-back 
next to Moisander. Gabriel Selassie did play that at Hoffenheim, but he's probably the more dynamic player going forward. So I'm, I'm actually not sure where we, he will fit in. If he would play r right back, I think you can, uh, you could take a flyer on him for 5.8 million because uh, his price tag is actually looking good. Yeah, true. That's that's actually not a bad price tag at all. Yeah, no, I don't really have anything to add on Michael Lang, so I think Flo covered all the bases there. So let's move on uh, to at Beer Deutsch's question, because he's got a broad general question, Flo, and he's asking, is it worth spending big on defenders? How are you feeling about that right now? Tough to say, because uh, Joshua Kimmich so far isn't performing very well, and he's by far the most expensive guy. Halstenberg, you were one week lucky and one week not so lucky with him. But I would put these two players in the highest category and I think they can be worth the money. But apart from that, I think it's looking for guys like Schmid who are reasonably priced and have a lot of merits going forward and are involved in the attacking game. And then it's playing the matchups, which players have nice matchups and I like to not spend much uh, if I can avoid it so I think it's a tough question to answer and broad because it's depending on how your squad looks on the other side but for instance I think Jerome Rossignol is worth spending 12 and something for in money Yeah. So uh, that's a guy I, I would I, I don't mind that. Same goes true with Halstenberg and Kimmich. I sold him last week, and I'm just I'm not sure that I'll bring him back this week, even if they play Mainz at home. But might be that he lost some value in comparison to to last year. So it's just like in England, and then I don't I don't want to pay. Six north of 16 million for him. Yeah, this is it. I mean, I was just I was having a look at the top scoring defenders so far this season, and I don't know how many how many players are on the first page when I scroll down here, but the amount of players that are over 12 million on this page is only six, and so that's definitely the minority of players on this whole page. And so I think if I'm looking at the broad kind of tactical perspective, I think. It's fair to say there is definitely more value in lower budget defenders right now than there is in elite premium defenders. And Hausenberg is the exception because of what he did on, on match day one and Roussillon the same based on match day two. So there are, are outliers, but I think uh, generally, I think in defense, you don't need to be spending that big on more than maybe one or two players. I think you can then fill it out with either a low budget player like your Christopher Lenses and your Nico Schlotterbecks, or you can bulk it out with a couple of guys that are around the nine, 10 million mark because there's really good value in there right now, actually in a lot of places. So yeah, worth considering for everyone out there. And I hope that helps answer your question at Beer Deutsches. But we will move on. And a question I'm sure you're looking forward to flow at R. Ian Pritchard. He asks, would you drop Hoot for a 1 million goalkeeper to preserve value prior to the unlimited transfers? Because he is he is kind of going along the assumption that it's going to happen again. But even if that's not the case, would you advise maybe looking at dropping Hoot for a 1 million goalkeeper right now and really going just to accepting zero points for the extra money? No, I wouldn't do that. I mean, just because he had minus points the first two match days doesn't mean that he necessarily gets less than zero points on the next match day. 
So I think it's far too early and that's to judge that. So I, I definitely wouldn't do that. Only, like the only way I would consider that was if I wanted to do two transfers, I want to bring in certain people and I'm just missing the 2.4 million that it'll give me uh, getting rid of Hood. So that would basically be what I would do. And if there were unlimited transfers after match day three, Hood would probably still be in my lineup just with a second guy to mix a match with. Oh, interesting. Yeah, just because he's so cheap. Like the difference between him and the minimum price guy is not that high. Yeah, that's it. With goalkeepers, we saw it time and time again, like even the worst goalkeepers last year had, had really good games. Uh, it's depending. Like he needs to play against Bremen, who just uh, uh, they're just taking shots on goal and the goalkeepers can save them time after time so as long as he's playing and basically most of the shots are in goal that's bad but I don't necessarily think that this is a trend that we can say is set in stone for the rest of the season no definitely not like things can change this is it we use this word a lot at the beginning of last season and it's still true it's a vo it's a volatile game we're playing here um, things change on a weekly basis and th that the same could be said of Hoot you know there's there's nothing to say he doesn't pull out a monster performance next time rack up 10 saves and then he's one of the top scoring goalkeepers in the whole game right that's how it, these things can happen and I think for the 2.4 million it just wouldn't be worth it for me I'd only do it once unlimited transfers were there And even then, I'd be looking to upgrade Hoot and leave myself with one one million goalkeeper instead of going. I just yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth it, really. Yeah, I think Ryan Pritchett means dropping Hoot now and then bring in another goalkeeper next week um, if there when, are unlimited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the plan. Not going with two minimum price goalkeepers who aren't seeing the field. Yeah, so too too so, risky. Wouldn't advise it, right? Yeah. But okay, seeing as you actually mentioned doubling up there, let's. Um, I'm going to skip ahead one question in our notes, but at Sobo underscore Coil asks whether Stefan and Hoot together is the way to go. Is that what you would be thinking along the lines of if you were to go to two keepers? Yeah, if I just would look at the raw keepers, probably. But I would definitely consider a kickoff times and I hadn't had the times to really dive into. And next week, I think we're going to uh, get the precise kickoff times for a lot more fixtures because then it's decided if Frankfurt is uh, playing in the Europa League and that's uh, where like, the schedule is hinging on. So if we then knew the, the kickoff times, then you can dive in and decide which goalkeeper pairing works best because if you taking Hood and Stefan and they're always playing at the same kickoff time it's there then there's no advantage of having two goalkeepers yeah spot on spot on and can I just say we had two questions about goalkeepers and neither of them came from Milan and I find that I find that absurdly strange it seems it seems wrong it seems weird Milan what's going on I don't know um, but let's move on to the next question at Korosh for you he's got a couple uh, he asks Arnold or Klaassen Flo uh, I think Arnold is a safer pick actually um, and Klaassen has the bigger potential for a great week because I 
I mean, we will talk about Bremen later, but uh, like a small preview, uh, Sargent is believed to start next to Phil Krug. But it might actually be the case that Osako is playing as a striker against Augsburg. I don't think that's out of the question. And then Klassen would probably play basically as a number 10. I think the chances of that happening is about 25%, but it certainly can happen. And then Klassen could be a big difference maker. Yeah, Arnold is playing in a, uh, as a holding midfielder, but like his left foot is a weapon. We know that. He takes set pieces. And that's where his value is is coming from. But uh, I don't think you can uh, expect from him goals every week. He, he scored against Cologne and that's like uh, pampering his fantasy stats. But he's a, he's a solid choice uh, class. Uh, he, he won't give you, I think, less than eight points. And Klassen can definitely give you like four points if he has a bad game but Klaassen can also score and give an assist and have like 17 points or stuff like that so yeah plus the other the other thing is Klaassen's now your number one penalty taker right your first choice penalty taker is that right yeah as long as Bentaleb isn't showing up yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah he is enough. the number one penalty taker. Yeah, that's right. Right. So, that, I mean, that's something to take into account as well. But no, I think with, with Maxi Arnold, what we saw last season, he was just so consistent, but he didn't have many games where he really broke like the 15 point mark. So, if you're okay with that, and over the course of the season, it won't be a bad thing. But if you're really okay with that, because sometimes impatience can be an issue with this game when you've got three transfers every week. But if you are okay with that, then Maxi Arnold's a good way to go. And I think you're you're picking between uh, no you know what I'd go over the course of a season even with penalties I think I'd still go Arnold actually personally myself but let's move on to the second part of Korosh's question and he asked can Köln and Ehizibwe get something out of Freiburg I think so I mean Freiburg has like the most favorable two match matches you could imagine going into the season and Cologne uh, were really hard done by uh, the guys who who doing the schedule and I don't think that Cologne looked worse than Freiburg so far and especially Kingsley Hizibui he looked great so far as a player and not necessarily in a fantasy sense although he did pick up nine points at Wolfsburg which is admirable so if I have him in my squad I definitely hang on to him for the game at, uh, at Freiburg because I mean you if you uh, stuck with him during the matches at Wolfsburg and against Dortmund so what are you doing selling him when they traveling to Freiburg I, I like him as a player and I like him as a fantasy option but I personally won't go there just because of the changes I'm going to do and I'm, I think there are defenders that have better matchups than Ihizi Bue but I definitely like him no, he looked uh, very impressive. Very impressive. Final question then of part one, uh, and it's a bit of a longer one, but I thought it was worth it because he makes a good point, and it's at Prof 96 who says, podcast listeners love lists. And he asks, how about three players whose fantasy production hasn't lived up to their real-life performances and three players whose points scored belie their on-field ability? So, Flo, would you like to go first? Yeah, I'm like I, I start with these players who were very good on the pitch but haven't had a great fantasy season so far. Uh, and I start with my number three. It's Matthias Ginter, 10.9 million, 11 points so far. But 
looked really sharp for Gladbach. They just conceded once in two games, and I think Ginter is a part of it. His setup play is, is very good, so I think Ginter is having a great season, but he isn't your fantasy guy because like, he's not doing a lot of challenges, uh, and that's basically what's hurting him. And uh, shots on goal and passes to shot is also not his forte. Second player is Joshua Gilavugi of Wolfsburg. He's very important, is playing now as a middleman in their three-man backline, doing a great job of it. Eight points just in a fantasy game. You just can't rely on Gilavugi as a fantasy option. And the same goes through to my number one, it's Diego Demme. He's basically the winner of the Nagelsmann Leipzig so far. Not many had him on the radar for getting a, a starting spot but so far he's indispensable for Nagelsmann and that gave you as a fantasy manager only five points in two games so but still he has a very good season so far yeah it's great to see him back to arguably you know some of his best form in a Leipzig side that look very tidy now I admittedly Flo and I didn't talk about this question before we started recording so I actually went about it a slightly different way and I picked one player from each position that I think haven't picked up as many points as their performances have maybe deserved but I also see potential for future growth so at the back I've gone with David Alaba I think it's fair to say that he hasn't picked up that many points or as many points as he could have so far but he has had moments is taking free kicks and he's definitely getting into some pretty dangerous positions on the pitch for midfield I've gone with Robert Andrich of Union Berlin now he's actually picked up some pretty tidy points based on his shots on goal so far but you're waiting for that game where he really explodes and it's only going to take one or two potentially to see that happen and so I think he's one that could could really go big at some point and then finally up front uh, Marcus Taram of Gladbach because he's someone that definitely is a bit trigger happy he has the potential to to get even bigger points hauls I think we just haven't seen him quite get there just yet but that is because Gladbach haven't quite been as potent in front of goal as we saw them last season at times now how about your overhyped players then Flo yeah the ones that are picking up a lot of points but really aren't playing that well yeah that's <laughs> but uh, that doesn't mean that their streak will end when next time we talk about these uh, lists <laughs> before that because I think the way you did it was actually probably more helpful to our listeners because Ginter, Gilavogi and Demme will never be fantasy options but uh, that's, that's, that's all right. these guys definitely are and the number three spot is Daniel Brozinski for me 8.3 million he did pick up 20 points so far but Mines as a whole hasn't really been uh, looked good this season uh, he's a placeholder for Ronald Pierre-Gabriel uh, the new guy for uh, the right side who got himself injured but it's doing well in a fantasy sense but not so good on the pitch and my number two is Nuri Shahin, who's becoming a fantasy monster with 22 points so far only 6.5 million he's a great value and all the damage he does is with set pieces because Bremen is not only unable to defend set pieces, their own set pieces actually uh, are quite dangerous so far this season. And Shine is basically taking over the whole set piece duties because uh, Rashica was a guy to, uh, to hit the set pieces, uh, right-footed positions, and now Shine is doing everything. 
and that's helping his fantasy cause. But I still think it's a problem if Shine is in your starting eleven right now in the Bundesliga and you're not who can get away with having a player who's only good in possession or his especially as a holding midfielder and he's not very fast anymore and my number one guy is uh, uh, Jonathan Schmidt, 33 points so far second time we talk about him I actually talked to my colleague who covered the Bundesliga match between Paderborn and Freiburg and he was livid about Schmidt. Uh, always uh, like letting his ma man get past. I think if you see the goal that Mamba scored, it was totally on Schmid. And but as long as he's taking shots and giving passes to shots, we don't care what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball. Not one bit. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I mean, he's his fantasy superstar. He's up there in points. I think he's a force best scorer so far this season let me check that quick yeah that's that's true three points less than Robert Lewandowski there you go yeah he's he's the Kayubi he's and, the Kayubi of this season and definitely like uh, he he's the, the player I'm I'm happy and I hope all you guys followed uh, our advice before match day one because uh, uh, definitely nailed uh, we nailed this one yeah. uh, before the season so I'm happy for that but yeah, ne neither of us had good match day ones but we definitely got this one yeah, right yeah but he's not as great as his fantasy points may suggest yeah no I do I think that's a fair assessment again I did one per position and I went for Mattia Nastasic who's picked up a fair amount of points but I, I think if you've watched some of Schalke's performances and, and his like his, his passing out from the back is is poor to say the very least Alfredo Morales because I can't see him being involved in too much attacking play really throughout the course of the season and he's also a rotation risk in that Dusseldorf midfield and then up front Leon Bailey and I, I do this with a heavy heart because I mean this is slightly controversial because he could go on to score big this season and I don't think he's going to score poorly I just genuinely think he's going to be far too hit and miss when you've got a, you've just you know been involved in a 3-1 win against Dusseldorf and you've only picked up three points as an attacking player like Bailey that worries me greatly so that was why I put down his name but okay we've had a very lengthy part one because of all these listener questions it means we're going to have to whip through the fixture list in part two so join us again in just a jiffy where we'll be doing right that Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Moving swiftly on, as always, the match day three preview, starting with the Friday night fixture. Gladbach against Leipzig. In terms of team news, Elvedi is back from the knock he picked up against Mainz. There's also a question as to whether Embolo will slot back into the starting lineup for this game against Leipzig. And from the Leipzig side, there's genuinely no real news to mention. Gladbach don't have any home wins in nine in the Bundesliga. Now, the stat when I was looking at Leipzig, of course, involves one of their strikers. It's Timo Werner. He scored on the opening two match days for the first time in his career. And also, he has had a hand in six of Leipzig's 10 Bundesliga goals scored against Gladbach. So very impressive statistics. Flo, I, I want to start with Leipzig, if that's okay. And I want to ask you just a quick, three quick fire, pick one or the other. Halsenberg or Klostermann? Halsenberg. Not really close because Heizenberg does set pieces, Klosterman don't. Yep. Unkuku 
Against Sabitzer? Sabitzer, because Nkuku isn't guaranteed starter. And he's not that much cheaper either. And then Paulson against Werner. Well, that's uh, that's apples against uh, oranges, in my, <laughs> in my opinion, but Timo Werner. So you're a winner either way. No, fair enough. They've both started the season really well. Actually, Paulson's got a point more yeah. than Werner. But yes, Werner will have the propensity to score bigger, potentially. Let's talk about Gladbach then as well. Is there anyone outside of Benesch that you would really consider bringing in for this? fixture no yeah I, I, I kind no. of I felt exactly the same way where Gladbach just really aren't interesting me right now in a fantasy sense at all no, um, that, that's not the reason if they were playing another uh, squad I would be very interesting in Alassane player because I think he cemented himself as the number one striker of Gladbach on the first two match day and like Thuram and Mbolo are fighting to get the spot next to player and we know that he can be a great fantasy striker if he, if he plays as a central forward. Now that he's doing, I would be interested in him, but no need to pick him when they play Leipzig, one of the best defenses in the league. They they conceded one, and that was like uh, uh, in the final minutes against Frankfurt, I think. But uh, <laughs> as we're talking, something happened at Frankfurt, and they actually two 0 up, Kostic just scored. So that's that's great news. And also Strasbourg are only ten men. So this is we're, we're missing a great game. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really are. Yeah. What's going on? Okay, oh, that's that's making me sad, but that's all right. Good for Frankfurt. That's at least a good sign. So yeah, okay, uh, yeah. I mean, that's it. I, I think you're right. I'm not saying Gladbach aren't interesting in a fancy sense at all. But in the first two match days, they've done nothing to convince me that I should be looking at them this weekend even at home to Leipzig I do want to ask quickly though about Stefan Leiner you know fourth highest scoring defender in the game 10.5 million has he piqued your interest at all if the matchup is right uh, definitely because he did pick up points for passes to a shot on both match days he won eight challenges on the first match day 11 on the second that's not as many as I would like to see from a right back. And I think that he scored a goal is a total fluke. Uh, I think he scored one in Austria in all his time. It's like, it's a crazy stat. Someone mentioned it to me as uh, he scored at Mainz. So that has to be an outlier. And he didn't have two shots on goal in 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 a game so far in the Bundesliga. So I'm not that high on him but if they they play a bad team I would consider him but he has to be he has to show that he's willing to get shots on goal himself to make me think about him at his price tag because he's not one of if he were like 8 million that's a different story but around his price tag I think you you'll find players where you know that they have more Involvement in the attacking game. He has ten point. He's ten point five million. He's got good in the first game because he got a clean sheet, and he did score in the second game and did pick up fifteen points that way. So I think it's a bit hushed. His stats look nicer than they actually are. No, I would agree. I would err on the side of caution. I think with Liner, potentially. Okay, let's move on to the Saturday fixtures. The three thirty ones. We will go through quite quickly. For Bayern against Mainz, Goretzka is set to return for Bayern. It's still unclear, meanwhile, whether Coutinho is fit enough to start. For Mainz, there's big doubts over St. Just and Charlai is expected to slot straight into the first eleven after making the move from Hoffenheim. Now, Bayern 
Bayern have won their last four games against Mainz. Meanwhile, Levy has 14 goals in 14 appearances against the side. Who's your player pick from this one, Flo? I mean, we talked about Lewandowski. No need to mention him. I'm actually going Serge Gnabry. I'm tempted to go Coutinho because if I knew that he'd play, I think he looked quite good and involved in, in uh, all they did uh, when he came on at Schalke. But Gnabry had a bad game at Schalke. I think he, he showed on the first match day what he can do in a fantasy sense. That's why... I'd, I, I don't think that many guys will plumber, uh, go for, for Nabri this week. So he's also a differential pick, in my opinion. So Nabri would be my pick. No, I like it. And I like your reasoning as well. OK, moving on. Schalke against Hertha. For the Royal Blues, there are returning players that are offering new options. Schupf, Serdar, Ut and Kabak are probably the biggest names that are in contention to slot into the first 11. For Hertha, Plattenhart is back fit, which could actually see Mittelstedt moved into a more advanced position on the left. Now, Schalke are the only team not to score this season. Meanwhile, it was Andre Duda who scored a brace on his last visit to Gelsenkirchen. Who's your player pick for this one, Flo? Like you said, I, uh, I also believe that Mittelstedt could play as a left winger. That what makes him attractive, 6.8 million as a defender. That will be the guy, but I'm probably not pulling the trigger on him. But uh, he's certainly a player who can give you big returns, but also a dud. Uh, it's it's basically all avenues are open. If I knew that Kutuchu would start, I would think about him because he's a, a cheap striker. And I actually think he always looks like miles ahead of Guido Burgstaller when he is on the pitch. But for some reason, he is not, he's not on the pitch most of the time. 7.9 million is his price tag, so... Uh, he's a player to watch because if uh, Schalke is heading to more favorable fixtures list soon and uh, if he breaks into the first team I think Kutuchu can be a guy uh, that's giving you a great returns for more than decent value no, absolutely. He was someone that I had my eye on before the start of the season as a potential gem under 10 million. And it is a shame to see him not in the starting lineup. And it won't be for much longer if they keep not scoring. Okay, Wolfsburg against Paderborn. There's a talk of Brekelo coming in for Joao Victor after being involved in two goals last weekend. Meanwhile, Mbabu and Mehmedi are also in contention for a spot in the starting lineup for Paderborn. Proga is expected to return in place of Oliveira Sousa. Now, Vekos has scored in all three competitive fixtures this season. The Wolves, though, have never won all of their first three match days in a Bundesliga campaign. We've talked about Vekos. Who else is on your mind, Flo? At the moment, it's Danny Da Costa because he just made it 3-0 for Frankfurt. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking yeah. about, Flo? Did you just not listen at all? <laughs> well, yeah, I did. But I, I made like the goal alarm. I uh, enabled it right now. So I saw it. Uh, Excellent. And I heard everything you said. I think you made good points. And I think <laughs> this will be the first time the Wolves will win the first three matches of a season. And Brekalo is my player pick. For 8 million, I'm willing to gamble that he will make the first squad. And even if he comes on, he did show that he doesn't need much time to make an impact. And if he plays as a midfielder, he basically plays as a, a second striker. And I like that for, for a midfielder in the fantasy game. So an 8 million is a great great price tag for Brekalo. No, I, I like the pick and you're right. He could well be worth the gamble. 
Freiburg against Köln then Streich is not expected to change a winning formula for Freiburg meanwhile for Köln Cordoba's injury opens the door for either Schaub or Kainz to come into the first 11 now let's talk about Luca Valtrimit a guy that everyone's talking about because of his call up to the German national team he's got 11 goals in his last 9 appearances for club and country meanwhile Freiburg are unbeaten in 13 games at home against Cologne in all competitions so that does speak for yet another victory for Freiburg. Who's your fantasy option from this one, though, Flo? I'm, I'm going Niels Peterson because I've got Luca Walschwied in my squad and I'm not going to move him. That's the same logic as with Hizibue. I mean, I, I basically had him in my squad just for fixtures like that, so I have to stick with him, but I'm actually a bit disappointed. I think 20 points so far this season, and that's with scoring two goals. So I, I was thinking that he get more shots on goal than he actually had. And Peterson is a player, like, last time he played Cologne, he scored three goals. He outscored Waldschmidt uh, at Paderborn. Um, I think he can do that again. 11.5 million is not too expensive. If you're looking for a differential pick, like I said before, if I would choose a forward three for this match day, it would be Lewandowski, Alcázar and Wechhorst. But if you want to save some money or be differential, I think uh, Niels Petersen is a good option. Yes, a good way to go potentially. Okay, Leverkusen against Hoffenheim. Uh, final one of the 3.30 kickoffs. Now for Leverkusen, if Bosch changes the system, then Bellarabi is the likely rotation risk. For Hoffenheim, Belfordil is expected to make his first start. Meanwhile, Staffelidis could drop for Zuba. Now, Kevin Folland, he's had a hand in four of Leverkusen's six goals this season. But last season, it was Hoffenheim that walked away with two 4-1 victories over Bayern 0 Is Folland the way to go, though, Flo? Yeah, in my opinion, he is. I think Folland is the way to go. I would look at, at Bellarabi too, but like you said, you're not 100% certain that he'll start. We know if he's on the pitch that he will deliver. He's a great fantasy asset, 11.4 million. That's Bellarabi as a midfielder. I would like him very much, but I don't know if he plays. So if you're a gambling person, Bellarabi could possibly be a choice you like. But if you want to play it safe, Folland is the guy. But you pay 14.7 million for him. That's definitely a steep price. It's the same price as Alcasa has. Although one thing, I'll expect Leverkusen to win this handily. Because like I said before, Hoffenheim was very disappointing. I mean, they, oh, they were so bad against Bremen. I was actually, I was, I was like... Uh, uh, very surprised of uh, how bad Hoffenheim did look in that game. Yeah, I still can't believe they came away with the win. <laughs> Werder Bremen finding ways to lose since 1899. That's our <laughs> official <laughs> official motto. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's not not a great one to have as a football yeah, well. team. No, I, I I think you're right. I think Folland definitely is the way to go. But this Bellarabi option is is one to keep an eye on moving forward. And speaking of moving forward, we'll move forward in the fixture list. Saturday evening game Union against Dortmund now we saw what Leipzig did to Union and Dortmund we can maybe hope for the same in terms of team news uh, Uja and Polter are both pushing for a starting berth and there's even talk of maybe the adapt 
adaptation to a three-man back line for Union to cope with Dortmund's attacking prowess. And in terms of that attacking prowess, Torgan Hazard is, of course, out after being ruled out through injury. Brandt would be the simple choice to come in, and I can't really see it going under the way uh, Kicker were talking about Guerrero or Goetz are even being involved as well. Now, Dortmund are the top scorers this season in the Bundesliga with eight goals. And let's talk about them. Let's talk about Brandt. He's the main man, Flo. Would you consider him this week? No, but that's because I already have Royce and Sancho. So if if you were someone that only had one and let's let's say if you were someone that only had Sancho would you even consider doubling up because Brandt has been very effective off the bench for yeah. Dortmund. Yeah, he looked very impressive when he came on in Cologne and I like his playing style. Yeah, def- I I think he's he's risky, but he's also a differential pick because he like most guys are paying attention they won't have Brunt in their squad. So the only reasonable fantasy players can br- uh, can bring in Brunt for this weekend. So I, I, I think he's definitely a, a differential, especially with Sancho and Royce also on the squad. And I, between the, if these three guys are playing, it's basically a toss-up who will get more fantasy points. And I'm, I wouldn't take Sancho does look great and Royce had not such a great game at Cologne but maybe it's now the Royce show at Union and and Sancho takes a back seat. I'm I'm not judging after two match days. No, that's fair enough. And ultimately, going for Brandt this week would be a bit of a gamble. I just, I mean, a 15 million price tag that is slightly concerning with Julian Brandt. It has to be said. I was just thinking that we saw him come on and and be very effective against uh, Cologne, but that was in a more central role, and he was dropping deep to affect play as well. But if he is a straight swap for Hazard on the left wing, very different things are demanded of him in that role and we could actually see him not be the uh, the hockey assist giver as they sometimes refer to it but maybe actually be involved in the final pass a little bit more but it would be a big risk definitely a risk and I think a lot of people would probably be smart to at least see what he does for a week because Hazard is out for a couple of weeks at the very least so there could be more than one game in this for Brandt now we've talked about Paco and Levy so we don't need to cover that I will just ask a question quickly about an Union player that I'm sure a lot of people if they haven't got him in their squad already will be looking to get him in purely because of his price tag that is Christopher Lentz 1.8 million I just wanted to ask you quickly how much is too much when it comes to him dropping in price before you fancy just getting rid of him? I would fancy getting rid of him, actually, for that game. I, I think he had a decent performance last week. I think six points. Yeah, which made up for the minus two. Yeah, yeah that's that's okay. I, I don't think he'll lose value in the long run. Only problem is he might very well lose value playing against Dortmund if they are on a roll. Yeah, I mean, that that kind of goes without saying, right? If if Dortmund do to Union what Leipzig did to them, then Lentz is not someone you're going to want to have in your starting lineup. So if you are really forced to gamble, please make sure that you have someone from a Sunday fixture ready to slot in for him if things go terribly wrong again. That would definitely be a good piece of advice. Okay, let's move on to those Sunday fixtures, though, starting with Bremen against Augsburg. For Bremen, Toprak, of course, is injured. We've already talked about that a little bit. Johannes Eggestein is suspended, so Flo is saying it's going to be Sargent. There is talk of it may be Martin Harnick as well to partner full Krug up front. For Augsburg, Schmidt is expected to keep faith with the side that drew one all 
against Union. Now for Bremen, they've got two losses this season, but they've actually had 43 shots on goal, which is a league best. And Kohlfeldt's record against Augsburg reads three played, three won, 10 scored, three conceded. So not too bad. But talking of records, we've got to mention Gregorich. He scored six goals against Werder in his Bundesliga career. So he certainly does like to find the net against you. I know you've talked about that in the past, Flo. But what I want to ask, is this the game where we see Bremen's fantasy assets turn it around a little bit more? Yeah, I think so. Although the biggest fantasy asset is injured in Rashica. So, but still, they've got... I mean, they, they have to deliver something now, like you said. It's not like they're getting into positions. I think they've got the eight best expected goals uh, so far for the season of all teams. And they got the fourth best expected goals against so far so they they've got uh, they conceded two expected goals so far in the whole season and managed to concede six goals on that tally though that's that, that's outstanding you really can't like if you try you wouldn't be able to do that and uh, yeah but they certainly can but uh, I think t- things turn around now and uh, they better do because yeah otherwise it will be a rough season because now it's Augsburg then they're traveling uh, to Union Berlin and then like there's going to be a stretch of brutal games with Leipzig, Dortmund, Leverkusen close together so better pick up some points now yeah absolutely better now than never Fulkrug against Asako which way are you leaning right now uh, I think funny enough I didn't think that I would say that after two match days but I think Osako is a better value right now and he's very reliable and that's because passes to a shot and shots on goal is a value the same for strikers and Osako is giving you both so he's giving you shots on goal and he's giving you passes to a shots and uh, Fulkrug like he's basically just hitting the shots he's not giving uh, a lot of passes to a shot and I think Osako is, is a player you can expect him to get around nine points basically every match they have a decent matchup. And with Fulkrug, it's much more likely that he scores like a brace or a hat-trick and a match. So that's a bit like the Arnold against Klaassen debate. So uh, Osako is safer, a Fulkrug has more upside. Like it. And I know what my answer for this will be, and I think your answer would be similar, but I'll ask it anyway. Would you consider any Augsburg players for added flexibility this week? Uh, no, because uh, just because no one is cheap enough that I would go there. I think in every prize category, uh, like Ruben Vargas is uh, an interesting Augsburg player, I think in the long run. But in his price range, I would find other players I'd rather have. Yeah, I think especially this week, I think his price point, you can find better options. Yeah. And, that, and I say that, and that's even in the Sunday games, because even in midfield, someone like Ruben Vargas, you'd maybe even say Nuri Shaheen could actually be a better option for you this weekend. Uh, yeah, you can go Nuri Shaheen for 6.5. I personally won't do it because I'm not a believer in him and guys who basically rely solely on set pieces... I mean, I think against Dusseldorf, they had like 15 corners. So (laughs) go go figure. But if you've got a match where you only have two corners and uh, one free kick, yeah, you're basically uh, drawing dead with Nuri Shine. 
Yeah, very true. Okay, let's talk about the final fixture then. Frankfurt against Dusseldorf. Now, Frankfurt had put out a strong lineup, and we've kind of been talking about what's been going on in that game throughout this, but it does suggest there will be more weekend changes. Of course, Dost will be coming in. Now, for Dusseldorf, Fink, Bodjek, and Zimmer are in consideration, but Kovnyachki is unlikely to start. Now, for Frankfurt, this is their 10th competitive game of the season against Dusseldorf, and Dusseldorf, their last Bundesliga win in Frankfurt was back in 19. 19- 1980. So the question, as always, with this fixture flow is who do you trust for the final game? A lot of guys, actually. Oh, that's good news. Yeah. I like I like Frankfurt in, in that match. I like that the international break is coming. Uh, I don't think we see too much rotation after uh, the match. And Frankfurt uh, is still 3-0 up. 10 minutes to go. So uh, looks very, very good so far. I, I would trust Dost actually up front and my, my spider senses are tingling with Bas Dost going into this match day so if I would make a transfer up front which I won't probably uh, Dost would would a guy I would look at to like give me a, a glorious ending of uh, match day three I think he's capable of doing that yep Kostic of course is a prime option but you pay for him 13.6 million. Uh, Danny Da Costa, 11 million. He just scored in the Europa League. I think he's interesting. I would trust him as a defender on the last day of the match day. But the guy I'm most interested in is Daichi Kamada for 6.2 million. He cemented his place as the number 10. Kacinovic isn't seeing the pitch over Kamada anymore. And uh, he actually gave the assist to the goal to Da Costa in the Europa League so I think that's made sure that he's going to start also against Düsseldorf and for his price tag he's I think he's the best midfielder in this price range at the moment yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, there are a lot of lot of good options in that Frankfurt side and you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with all of them and I can't wait to see what Dost does with the service he's going to get from the likes of Kostic. And yeah, Kamada, 6.2 to get into Frankfurt's front line, essentially. You can't really go wrong with that. Okay, we need to round off today's show. We have gone long, but you know what? That was for listener questions and so I'm going to excuse it. But let's finish off with our player picks, starting with the Vegas choice, as always. Flo, who have you got down? I'm going Josh Sargent, three point. 9 million. He's he's basically uh, a hybrid of uh, Vegas choice and super schnäppchen. The risk is you don't know if he starts, if he has a bad game, he's probably coming off after 55-60 minutes. But it's Augsburg at home. He definitely also can give you a, a great game for such a minuscule price tag. And that's uh, what I like. So that's why he's my Vegas choice. No, I like it. I do like it because in fairness, I've got a fair few Bremen players down myself in these player picks. And one of those is Niklas Fulkrug for 11.3 million. Now, I am actually going the opposite to flow. I would pick Fulkrug over Asako for me right now because of his propensity to score big. And I think when the goals come, we'll see him really reach his full potential. I did have Coutinho down as well to throw that out there because I think he would be a great Vegas choice this week. I just don't know how many people are in a position where they can shell out to move a, a guy in that's 16 million and without giving away someone like Kai Havertz or Sancho or Royce and I, do, I can't see too many players doing that this weekend but he was down there as a Vegas choice so if you haven't gone sergeant for your super schnäppchen yeah, or did what, you have to, do you have a point to make? Yeah I wanted to add something on continue one thing you should keep in mind is like I, for me it's out of the question that he plays 90 minutes because it's, it's 
talk about his fitness level after playing the Copa. That's why he didn't start at Schalke. He might start now, but I'm, I'm definitely thinking that he will get off after 60, 65 minutes. And that would be a, a too much of a risk for me for uh, with a player I pay 16 million. Well, I, Although yeah. I think he's a he's a very good player and a good fantasy player as well. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if if uh, you're right, there is the chance he comes off 60, 65 minutes. But if he's been involved in four buying goals out of five by then, yeah, then of course, but there's a chance, right? I'm just saying that's why he's a Vegas choice. There's a reason he's a Vegas choice as well. I, I just like my players to stay on the pitch. No, fair enough. How about your super snapshot then? If if it wasn't Sergeant, who was it? It's Kamada. So we talked about him like two minutes ago. So no reason to elaborate really. But 6.2 million, great choice in midfield. And also he's giving you flexibility because it's the Sunday evening game. So it's perfect for me. Yep, 100% agree on all points. And they're exactly the same points for my Super Schnepchen, who is 0.3 million more expensive. It's Nuri Shaheen. And I don't think I need to add anything. Flo has pointed out the fact that if he is relying on set pieces, I just like a Bremen side that have had the most shots on goal of any team in the league going up against an Augsburg back line that has not looked great. And so I think bigger things can be expected from that game on Sunday. Last but not least, then, Flo the banker. Who are you going for? That's funny because you you putting Fergrup down as a Vegas choice. Um, yep. uh, I, I'm actually going with Yuya Ozako because uh, I think that's banker meaning you can't get any safer than that. And I think Ozako is pretty safe as long he, as he doesn't get himself injured. He will be involved in a lot of shots and will have at least a decent game. So that's why he is, in this sense, a banker. I'm not sure how likely it is he scores a brace or more. So he's not a, a boom guy, but I think he's very, very reliable. Fair enough. For my banker, I'm actually changing it the last minute because I'm not confident in my choice. I think it was too out there. I'm actually going to go with Val Weghorst because I think him against the Paderborn back line could be the game where we see him not score just once, but maybe more than once, which would yes. be a nice relief to all of this because if he's scoring this many points with one goal, it'd be great to see him score multiple times, uh, it has to be said. So yeah, there you go. We will wrap it up really quickly then and say that is the end of today's episode it's been our pleasure to bring it to you guys as always follow us on any of the social media channels get in touch during the week if you've got any questions in the lead up to friday we may be able to squeeze out answers in amongst our pack schedules but yeah feel free to get in touch so from me your host james sorry and the rest of the talking foosball crew auf wiederhören auf wiederhören <laughs>